Welcome to the Just for Special Education Teachers podcast, the place to be if you just want to connect with other special educators, if you want to gain insights and strategies, or obtain resources to help you in your journey as you grow as a special educator. Charter schools. Why do so many educators despise charter schools? Is it due to fear or lack of knowledge about charter schools? Well, I decided to do a podcast about charter schools versus traditional public schools to dispel some of the myths out there about charter schools. Now, I don't necessarily endorse one over the other. I have worked for both traditional public schools and charter schools, and I had great experiences with both, although there are certainly some stark differences between the two. Now, here's one thing that I can say, and that is the fact that charter schools are now an option for students and families is a great thing. And here is why I say that. It gives families choices and it creates competition. No one likes a monopoly, right? Would you appreciate a monopoly as a consumer? No, you don't want a monopoly as a consumer. And as a student, you certainly wouldn't want one either. Although that was what we had before charter schools hit the scene. School districts had a monopoly and you had no option. Your child went to the school that your school district determined based on your address. That's it, period, end of story. And if you as a parent didn't like the school, you didn't have an option other than to either homeschool your child or send your child to private school, which is very costly. And there was no incentive for schools in the marginalized neighborhoods to get better because they had no competition. Now that charter schools are on the scene, traditional public schools have to do better if they want to keep their customers the students, right? And if they don't, just like in our nation of capitalism, they will lose their customers. I say it's about time. Me as a consumer, I wouldn't like it if there was only one cell phone provider. And if I wanted a cell phone provider, I had to go to T-Mobile and I had no other option. There was no Verizon, there was no AT&T. That would not be good for me as a consumer because then That would mean that T-Mobile could charge me egregious prices and give me horrible customer service and there wouldn't be anything that I could do other than deal with it if I wanted a cell phone provider. They would have no incentive to get better because they have no competition. Now, we are not talking about cell phones. We're talking about a parent's most precious asset, their child. So it is definitely about time that parents now have options. So let's start dispelling some of those myths about charter schools. Before we get started, I've got two questions that I want you to answer either true or false. The first question, charter schools are not public schools. The second question, this is a long one, so bear with me. If a student with an IEP enrolls in a charter school, and the school does not have an appropriate program to serve the child's needs adequately, the charter school can refuse to enroll the student 
and tell the parent to take their child down the street to the district school so that their child can receive all of the services listed in the IEP. Okay, do you have your answers? Did you answer them both false? If so, you got them both correct. Yes, those are both false, and I will explain more, so let's dive into it. First, let's make sure that we have an understanding of what the definition of a charter school is and its responsibilities in regard to special education. So stay with me. We're just going to go over a few definitions. First, charter schools are independently managed publicly funded schools established under a charter agreement, hence the name charter, between the schools and the states. Any school that receives public funds must abide by the IDEA, Individual with Disabilities Education Act, which means as public schools, Charters are required to enroll and serve students with disabilities, just as any traditional public school would be required to do. Now, each district has an LEA, Local Education Agency, which is an agency that maintains administrative control over the way that it operates. In California, a charter school might be part of the traditional school district LEA, or it could be its own independent LEA. Stay with me. When a charter school is part of the traditional school district LEA, the traditional school district would receive all special education funds and it would provide the special education services to all of the SPED students at the charter school, even though the student is enrolled at the charter school. An example of that would be, let's say that there's a student that needs resource services, has resource services written in the IEP for support with English language arts twice a week for 30 minutes. Well, the traditional school district would provide the services for that student at the charter school. Now, the charter school can also choose to operate as its own LEA. And when it does that, it receives its own special education funds and assumes full responsibility for all special education on its site. Let's say in that example, it chooses to operate as its own LEA and it enrolls a student that has really intensive intervention needs and the charter school doesn't currently have a program to meet the student's needs. The charter school would have two options. One, it could build a program that meets the student's needs. Or two, it could contract with another school or non-public school to provide the services. Now, what might that look like? It could contract with a school that, say for example, has a special day class or a program currently running that can adequately support 
students that need intensive intervention. So the, the charter school would be responsible for all the costs associated with placing their student in that school. Now, let's say a perfect fit would be a very non-public school that serves students with extreme behavior challenges, where the student-to-teacher ratio is five to one, and they have a behavior intervention specialist in every classroom. And let's say the cost for this placement is approximately $35,000 a year. Well, guess what? Because the charter school is operating as its own LEA, the charter school would be responsible to pay those costs. And the student would still technically be a student of the charter school. And the charter school is just contracting with an NPS or a non-public school to provide the services to the student. Okay, so now we have a deeper understanding of what a charter school is. Let's get into the discussion. Which is best for special education teachers, a traditional public school or a charter school? Let's talk about some of the differences so you can make a decision about what is best for you. Charter schools tend to have at-will employment contracts. The good thing about that is if you're a teacher and you don't like the placement and you don't, you're not happy at the school, the work environment, you would not have to stay until the end of the school year. If you don't like the job, you can just give a notice and quit. And that time frame of notice you must give would depend on the contract. A typical amount of time on most at-will contracts is two weeks, but of course you would definitely need to read the contract. Now, on the other hand, the school could fire you without much notice as well if they felt that you were not performing adequately. Most charter schools at will employment contracts. Your traditional public school, different. It's more difficult to get fired from a traditional public school due to the unions and the tenure. For example, in California, if you quit a traditional public school before the end of the school year, you could actually lose your credential if the district reports that you quit before the school year ended. Teacher unions and tenure, which tends to come with the traditional public schools, definitely afford greater protection for teachers, but it also makes it difficult to get rid of bad teachers, right? In California, it is estimated that it costs about $250,000 to fire a bad teacher because of a process that you have to go through Uh, due to all of the protections that teachers have because of the teachers' unions and and tenure. Charter schools in regard to teacher workload tends to be more intense. You tend to have longer work days and the school year tends to be a little bit longer when you work for a charter school as opposed to district schools. However, Compensation might make up for the longer work days and the longer school year. I'm not sure. I have heard both. So it might depend on the district and the school. But I do know one of the charters that I worked for paid almost $20,000 more 
a year to a fifth year teacher than the traditional public school in that same city. I've heard stories of other charter schools, however, paying their teachers much less than the district public school in their area. So definitely inquire about this if salary is very important to you. Check out each individual charter school and each individual traditional public school that you're interested in. Next, charter schools tend to have 401ks as opposed to the traditional public school district pensions. Charter schools also tend to have more of that private school vibe minus the cost of tuition. For example, they typically require school uniforms. Charter schools also tend to have more diversity. The enrollment is not limited to students that live in the neighborhood. For example, one of the charter schools that I worked for in the past had a few parents that lived I would say 45 minutes to an hour and a half away from the school that their child attended. But since they worked in the same city as the school, this was Oakland, they had their children go to school at the Oakland Charter School and then just pick their kids up from school when they got off from work and then commuted home. So their kids went to school in the city that their parents worked as opposed to where they actually lived. And that's an option when you choose a charter school because you're not limited to the boundaries of the neighborhood that you live in. Many charter schools tend to have more undesirable facilities. Some school buildings are very old and they just tend to get the least desirable facilities. In fact, many charter schools are composed of just a bunch of portables. So that's not ideal, especially when you're in high school. I think of the high school that I went to, a traditional public school, you know, and we had a beautiful campus and had a massive, beautiful glass building where the classes were held, a state-of-the-art gym, indoor basketball courts, a track and football field, a swimming pool. But, you know, of course, if I had to choose between state-of-the-art facilities and a great public education, I'm going to choose a great public education. Here are some comments from my Facebook post about charter schools that I received from other special education teachers that share their opinion regarding charter schools versus the traditional public schools. So the first one is, I've worked in some great charters and bad charters. I've also worked in good public schools and bad ones. I honestly can say my current charter network does an amazing job with the organization and support of the special ed in schools. With my job, I moved to multiple schools within a school year. I even went to a school out of state. I feel as though my system has everything we need and then some. I've been in public and in other charters and begging, borrowing, and stealing to have books to support my kids. So her experience was kind of the same as mine, you know, great charters, not so great charters, great traditional public schools, not so great traditional public schools. Here's another one. I have roommates and I live with someone who works for a charter and someone who works for the district. The difference is night and day, especially during this pandemic. The one who works for the public school struggled to keep in touch with students. Many students who have siblings within the same district did not get more than one electronic device 
per household. So the students take turns using it. Students have learned that the district won't fail them for not turning in assignments or lack of attendance, so many stopped trying. The result is that district teachers are working twice as hard and seeing lower results. The charter school, in contrast, not only gave each student their own computer and hotspot, but they also provided their teachers with a desk, lighting, computer, and noise-canceling headphones. The teachers at the charter school have a much better relationship because they are encouraged to go to several professional development events together each year. Their absence for those events is built into the school's budget. Speaking of the budget, the charter school also does a good job of getting parents, students, and teachers to attend the school board meetings. There is full transparency about where their money is coming from and how it is being spent for the benefit of the students. There is an abundance of materials and resources, so not one single teacher spends their money for the classrooms. The charter school has been ready to accept students back and perform hybrid teaching since June 2020. The charter school equipped the classrooms with cameras that will follow the teacher so that students who choose to remain at home can learn along with their peers simultaneously. Students with a grade of C or lower get assigned a tutor for support. Wow. My comment about his comment is that it kind of resonated with me because of the charter school's ability to be flexible and make accommodations and make changes very quickly as opposed to your traditional public school where because of the bureaucracy, it just takes longer to make change and there is not as much flexibility. Now here's another comment from another special education teacher. I've heard a ton of horror stories from charters, people getting fired or schools closing in the middle of the year, lots of corruption, people not getting paid for months. I'd stay away as much as you can from charters. So as you can see, the comments were all over the place. And I, th I think the bottom line is to do your research on each school that you're interested in, whether it's a charter school or a traditional public school. Well, hopefully some of the things that we discussed in this episode will help you compose your list of questions that will be most pertinent to you so that you can make the best decision about whether a charter school or a traditional public school would be best for you. Do you have any questions or comments that you would like to add to this discussion? If so, head on over to our Facebook page where we welcome your comments. Thanks for listening to the Just for Special Education Teachers podcast, and I hope to see you here at the same time next week.